Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. know this, but our church vision statement is this, that we exist to help equip people with purpose, to know God has an incredible plan for your life, to equip them with passion, to live life to its fullest and power by the Holy Spirit to accomplish great things. This is our vision statement. We're here for, to equip people with purpose. Do you know that each and every one of you has a unique call from God on your life. He created you for a purpose, to give you passion and to give you power. That's our vision statement for our church. And so this morning, I want to talk to you and share with you on these three things. So that's right. Unlike last time I spoke and I had eight points, this morning I only have three for you. And so all of you can take a fresh breath and go, "Ah, just three. They could be a long three, but it's just three. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege and honor to come into your house to worship you. Lord, help remind us that this is your house. Lord, we come to honor you. We come to worship you. And so, Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray that you turn our hearts and our ears to hear from you. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to hide me behind the cross and let my words be your words. Speak through me this morning. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us leaves here uh, encouraged and challenged and excited to follow you. And so, Lord, open our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is purpose. I want to talk about purpose. What is the purpose in your life? Do you know that God has a purpose for you? Do you believe that he has a purpose for you? Do you believe that there's more purposes in life than just ministry and the platform? Do you understand that people have been called to ministry, but then there's also people that are called to serve God, and he's given you a direct purpose exactly where you are? See, purpose is this. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. This is what purpose is. Purpose is something, why is which, a reason for which something is done. Purpose of why you were created. The purpose for which something exists. Why you exist. The purpose that God has for your life. If some of you know classical music, you might know the name Christopher Parkins. He's the greatest guitarist alive. He appeared to have all of it. He signed an international recording deal as a teenager. Christopher then traveled across the world playing beautiful music. But by the time he hit the age of 30, how many people in the room, you're 30? Nobody? This is the age you brag about. If you're 30, this is where you're like, yep, right over here, only 30. Anybody? Pastor Carlo, you're close enough. You just turned 29. It's your last year. No, it's not over. I just turned 42. I feel like I'm 22. And then I try to do something, and then I feel like I'm 62. 
Nothing's wrong with 62. I'm just nervous if I feel this way at 42, how I will feel at 62. But at 30 years of age, at 30 years of age, having achieved all this musical success he could ever imagine, he felt empty. He was tired of touring and wanted to take a break from all the stuff that's associated with this. So ultimately, he decided to move to Montana and took up fly fishing as a hobby. Soon, Christopher was not only one of the greatest guitarists in the world, but also a world-class fly fisherman. With all the money and the time that he ever could have wanted, and yet despised all his success, his life, he felt empty. So he wrote this. He wrote, if you arrive at a point in your life where you have everything that you've ever wanted and thought would make you happy and it still doesn't, then you start questioning things. It's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Is happiness achievable? At this point, Christopher began to wonder if anything could fulfill the deep longing of his heart. Around this time, while visiting some friends, Christopher attended a church. During the service, something stuck out to him. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, the minister spoke and said this, Whatever you do, do it in all the glory of God. So Christopher explains, I realized there were only two things I knew how to do. Fly fish for trout and play guitar. Well, I'm playing the guitar today absolutely by the grace of God. I have joy, a peace, and a deep down fulfillment in my life I never had before. My life has purpose. I learned firsthand the true secret of genuine happiness. See, Christopher was talented and successful, yet he lacked purpose. As an Ottawa Senators fan, I see the graffiti that somebody has hung in our lobby. Now everybody's like, what did they hang in our lobby? Somebody put a maple leaf sign up there. I guess anything can come to the house of the Lord for redemption. But as an Alexander Dake fan, some of you won't know who that is. That was one of Ottawa Senators' number one draft picks. And I actually forget at the moment, but he only played a handful of years in the NHL. Not because he got hurt. Not because he wasn't good. He played his whole life at such a high level of hockey that it lost its purpose. He no longer was interested. See, if you don't have purpose in your life, it will seem uninteresting. Nothing will make you happy. You will pray for a job, you will get a job that you've been praying for, and then all of a sudden, it doesn't meet that need. Maybe you're in the room or online and you're single and you're praying for that spouse 
And all of a sudden you get the spouse and your life is good, but all of a sudden you realize there's still an emptiness. See, we have to find God. We have to find Jesus. We have to find his purpose in us. Remember the definition of purpose, the reason for which something is done or created for which something exists. You were created, you exist for more than a job, for more than a spouse, for more than a hobby. God has a specific purpose for you. 2 Timothy 1.9 says this, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. I need you to see that, that this was given to you before the beginning of time, not just the grace, but the purpose. You have a purpose in your life that God designed before the time even started. See, when we get connected with God's purpose, which he planned for us, That's when, as Parker said, as Parker Team Christopher said, we find the secret to genuine happiness is knowing that you're living God's purpose out in your life, living out his calling on your life. What he has put in your heart, that purpose. See, you could be in a situation, you could be somewhere right now where you feel like, man, my life feels empty, but you're not pressing into God. You're not connected to him. Because you could be just like Esther. In Esther 4.14, when her uncle says to her, perhaps you were born for such a time as this. Perhaps you're exactly where you are, the house that you live in, the job that you have, exactly for a moment like this. To show Jesus to other people around you. To reveal his love. To reveal his peace. To reveal his joy. His excitement. The peace that passes all understanding. I need you to hear this voice. Ephesians 2.10. It says this. For we are God's handiwork. I want you to read this for yourself. For I am God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for me to do. He prepared in advance things for you to do that I cannot do. He prepared things in advance for you to do that the person beside you cannot do. The person who you look to maybe is a Christian example. You're like, oh, if I can get my life together and be like them, then God can use me. No. He has things. He has a purpose that he prepared for you in advance. That he's calling you to. You just need to walk with him. He's designed it for you. Now, here's the thing. Many of us, when we hear that, we're like, well, Chad, I don't know what it is. See, it's just another thing I failed at. I'm not even going to tell you to pray to find out what it is. Well, now what am I supposed to do? 
do something. Well, what do you mean? Do something. Do something for God. Too often we pray asking God to lead us without moving our feet. God can lead you easier when you're moving. The most dangerous place you can be in a car is sitting still. If you're moving, it's safer. I believe the most dangerous place you can be in your Christian walk is sitting still. Because here's what you don't realize in your Christian walk with God. If you're sitting still, you're drifting back. Well, I don't know, Chad. I'm a pretty good anchor. You're going to drift. So I encourage you, stop sitting back. Try to find it. Try to do something. Step out in faith. Well, Chad, I'm not sure what to do. If you want to do something for God, just get involved. Start talking to your neighbor. Invite your neighbor over. Start volunteering in church. Well, Chad, I'm not sure where to volunteer. Try somewhere. Try it for four times, which could be four months. And then all of a sudden go, you know what? That's not for me. But don't then go, now I'm going to stop. Try something else. Remember with your kids, when you're trying to figure out what hobby they would like, whatever they would like to get into, you put them into everything. And you found out what they were interested in because they actually wanted to go. Or you found out what they weren't interested in because they didn't want to go. Or you openly as a parent confessed, they're not good at this. I know there's some people in the room that are like, you can do anything if you try. I will never dunk a basketball on a 10-foot net. You can tell me I can keep trying. But there is something about gravity and mass that doesn't work. And here's the amazing thing. I don't believe God ever called me to dunk a basketball. But what he's called me for, I need to make sure I'm doing. And doing it with purpose. If you're sitting here and you're like, Chad, my life just kind of feels empty. It's because you're not fully doing what God has called you to do. Do you know that doesn't mean you have to change jobs? That's not what I'm saying. It doesn't mean you have to move. I believe God's planted you exactly where you are for a purpose. And you just begin to ask him, God, what am I supposed to do? And when you hear that little voice, just do it as simple as it sounds. Well, Chad, I feel like it backfired. Try another one. Try again. I want you to think about how you respond to failure with God if you would have done the same with your children or if your parents would have done the same with you. The first time that you stood up to try to walk and you fell down on your face and got rug burn on your nose, if your parents looked at you and said, never try that again. But for some reason in our own Christian walk, when we feel like we fell and maybe you have a rug burn from it, you feel like, well, I'll just stop. No, you need to get up and do it again. That's how you will begin to walk. And when you do this, and you do it with the heart of 1 Corinthians 10, 31b, it says this, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. 
whatever you do. This guy fly fished. Maybe your purpose is to take other people fly fishing and teach them how to fly fish and then talk to them about Jesus. Chad, you think that could be a purpose? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love being involved in sports and helping coach baseball because I am surrounded by a bunch of people most of the time that don't know Jesus. So you mean I can just play baseball and fly fish for the rest of my life? If you're married or even if you're on your own, you probably want some money, so make sure you have a job. But as long as you're doing it and sharing Jesus, yes. Yes, you can. Second thing is passion. Passion means a strong and barely controllable emotion. When you talk about Jesus, is it a strong and barely controllable emotion? There's a story of a of an actor, and he's talking with a pastor, and the pastor asks him, what's the difference between what you do and I do? Because you're on a stage, I'm on a stage, we're talking, what is the difference? And the actor said this, I take fiction and convince people it's true. You take truth and present it as if, oh, it's fiction. the passion of which we presented. When you talk about Jesus, do you believe he's true? Is your passion to serve God something that other people should look at and be like, man, I wish I had that passion in my life. I wish there was that stirring inside of me. I wish there was that fire inside of me. I want to just tell you a story. There's Two strangers, and if you think about this story as I tell it, you can put yourself right in it and go, I remember those moments. And if you're a teenager in this room, don't think about these moments for a long time. Two strangers, a man and a woman, they meet for the first time. And just instantly, a spark of interest is united. They begin meeting once a week for dinner, but that isn't enough. Their growing interest in one another demands more contact, more time together. The result is this. Their telephone bill soars. Because just for the teenagers in the room, if you want to start a relationship, it has to be more than text. You actually have to verbally communicate to people. Okay? That's my relationship advice. <laughs> Ladies, if the guy only texts you, stop texting back. Guys, if the girl only texts you when she feels like it, stop texting her back. Back to the illustration. <laughs> the results of this means that their telephone, begins, their telephone bill begins to soar. This was before everything was unlimited minutes. They far surpassed their maximum minutes allowed on their cell phones, and their monthly bill moves from $40 a month to $300 a month. When Melissa and I were dating, one of the first cell phones I was given was one for the camp that I worked at. This was back when cell phones first started, so I didn't really fully understand the whole idea. And I would call Melissa on the phone and talk to her because 
This isn't our story, but it might as well be. And all of a sudden, my boss came to me and he said, Hey, Chad, we were paying the phone bills. And normally we just cover all the phone bills, but your long distance bill is just over $300. Yeah. To which he goes, I'm not going to tell you to stop calling Melissa. You probably should keep calling her, but you just need to pay the bill. Do you want to know what my answer was? No problem. No problem. Why? For the same reason with this couple. What happened? I didn't suddenly fall in love with my phone and want to keep talking to people. They developed a passion for each other. They used their phones as their tool for feeding and maintaining and developing their passion for one another. Here's what you have to realize when you think about your own relationships. No one talked them into using their phones more or explained to them the benefits of a phone usage. It was their passion for each other that drove them. Not a passion for their phone, but a passion for each other. What are you passionate about? When your passion takes over, there's no concerns for money or time, right? If you think about your passion, if you think about your hobby, the thing that you love to do, when it comes to time, you make time. When it comes to money, you find the money. We do without so that we can do what we're passionate about. When you're passionate, you'll wake up earlier. When you're passionate, you'll stay up later. Just to make sure. Matthew 6 verse 33 says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. God has given you passion. What he wants is for us to be passionate for him and his will. Are you more passionate for God and his will in your life than you are for all the other hobbies, all the other things in your life? Hear me. None of the other things do I think are wrong. I don't think any hobby can be wrong unless it's sinful. But anything that comes before Jesus Christ is wrong. We have to shift our priorities. We have to shift our passions. Because when we are passionate about what God has for him and his will, then John 10.10 is easy. Because Jesus says that he has come that we may have life and have it to the full. When your co-workers see you, when your loved ones see you, you know the loved ones that you're praying will receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? When they see you, do they see a life of passion, a life of excitement, a life of joy, something that they actually want to be a part of? How do we share Jesus? Is there passion? Is there fullness? 
See, just as Christopher Parking had the talent and the know-how, he lacked the purpose and the passion. See, what you have to understand is this. Your purpose will feed your passion. If you know what your purpose is, it will feed your passion. They go together. D.L. Moody, he said this, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man or a woman fully consecrated to him. By God's help, I aim to be that man. If we fully surrender ourselves to him, not as a savior, but as a king, what can God do with you? See, what you have to understand, when you go to God as a savior, he is your get-out-of-jail card. Save me. But when he is a king, you kneel before him, and you ask, king, what do you want me to do? Well, king, I don't even agree. Do you realize you don't have a king? You don't have submission in your life until there's disagreement. Hear me on this. You do not submit to God until you disagree with him. Up to that point, you're just agreeing. All of us can get along fine as long as we agree. It's when we disagree that submission comes in. This is where we have to wrap our minds around our relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, he's our savior, but he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Every knee, yours included, will bow. If we give ourselves fully to God, what can he do? The third and final thing is power. Power. Power means the ability to act or produce an effect, to supply with power and especially motivate power. Motivate power. You and I have been called to bring an effect wherever we go. When you walk into a room, there is supposed to be an effect. People are supposed to notice a difference. I love the Message Bible when it talks about being the salt and the light of the earth. The Message Bible tells us that we're supposed to bring a God flavor or God colors to a situation. Your coworkers, your neighbors, when you go through difficult times, are supposed to see you and I handling it differently. Does that mean it's easy? No. But we handle it differently. Why? Because we walk with Jesus Christ. He is in us. The Spirit of God is in us. So when people see me go through a hard time, it's supposed to look at me and go, I don't understand how he's doing this. And you know what? Inside, you may be going, I don't know either. My faith is being shaken. But I have other believers around me that are holding me up. And that's what's getting me through. We look different. 
Your neighbors should look at you. Your coworkers should look at you. Your classmates should look at you and see you as different. Scripture tells us that we are supposed to be like aliens here. Too often do we as Christians try to fit in with our neighbors and be more relevant with them, do things that they do so that we can reach them for the gospel. That's not what the gospel tells us. It tells us to be set apart. It tells us to be like aliens. Now understand, when I say like an alien, I don't mean be weird. But you're supposed to live life differently. You live in a different kingdom. You're not a part of this world. You have a different kingdom. Acts 1 verse 8 says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, we believe here at Bethel, at the Pentecostal church, we believe that the evidence of the baptism they're talking about is speaking in tongues. But what you have to realize is the purpose of that, the purpose of the power is to go and witness for Jesus. So here's the challenge to the ones that have the evidence. If you have the evidence, but you are not using it for this purpose, then you are wasting it. Every one of us has been called to go and share the gospel. We're supposed to go and make disciples. The Holy Spirit baptism was to empower you and I to be his witnesses. And here's what you have to realize. Witnesses, we share our experience. That's where the term witness comes from. You share what you've seen. You share what you know. You are a witness for Jesus Christ. So as you work through your purpose and passion and power. Remember, as you're trying to find, as you're trying to work it through, remember this key verse. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it for his glory. In closing, as we look at Matthew 6 and 33, where it says, but seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. As you seek him, don't forget to seek his righteousness. And the other things are going to fall in place as you're searching for this. But here's what we know. Matthew 5, 14 says, you are the light of the world. As a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You have a light in you. Whether you like it or not, you can't hide it. And you shouldn't try to hide it. And as a church, we realize that we are a light to this city and to surrounding areas. We've had prophetic words that because we're at the end of the city limits, that we are a gate to this city. Anybody that drives into this city most likely comes this right past our church. There's so many people that I meet, not even from Stratford. When they hear what I do, they're like, so where do you pastor? Bethel Church, just as you're driving into Stratford, if you look on your right before home hardware, they're like, yeah, I know what it is. We're a gate to this city and to this community. 
We as a church, we've been called to teach people the purpose to know God has an incredible plan for your life and their life. To teach them a passion to live life to its fullest and power to fill people with the Holy Spirit to accomplish great things for God. Now, this is our call also, is to do this again, not just in Stratford, but in St. Mary's, as we prepare to plant a site there. Our purpose is expand the reach of Bethel and share the gospel to St. Mary's. Our passion is to stay in step with the Holy Spirit as we believe he's leading and directing us to do this. And we need his power to accomplish great things in St. Mary's. One of the things we've needed the Holy Spirit leading on is who is going to lead this site for us in St. Mary's. After much prayer and conversations, also just as our church had to go through an assessment with our district, I'm going to introduce you to an incredible couple that have also gone through their own assessment. Passed with fire and colors. And so I want to introduce you this morning, starting January 1st of 2023, our new Bethel St. Mary site pastor will be Pastor Carlo and Madison Rosati. You guys want to come on over for a minute? I just want to ask the board of directors if you'll join me and any staff in the room as well. We're just going to take a moment and pray over them. As everybody's moving to come forward, some of you may be caught off guard by this, but I feel like most of you go, oh, they finally made it official. <laughs> but I also want to say, as some are wondering, so what's that mean next for here, Bethel Stratford and his assistant role? Well, he's going to be with us until the end of December, and he's still going to be with us. This is the amazing thing about this church. Pastors, we just don't leave. We just shift roles. And so Pastor Carlo is still going to be here. He's still going to be working with us as he continues to launch Bethel St. Mary's. And in the meantime, we are looking for another assistant pastor to come on staff to fulfill his role here at Bethel Church. And once we have final details and more information on that, we will share those with you. But at this moment, we just want to celebrate and pray over them. And so can you extend your hands to this incredible couple? Father, I thank you for Pastor Carlo and Maddie. Lord, I thank you for their hearts, first of all, just for you. Lord, as we talked about purpose and passion and power, Lord, they know their purpose. Pastor Carlo has known his purpose for a long time is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Part of that passion you've placed in him is to plant a church at some day. And so, Father, we thank you that things come in alignment at the right time. And so, Father God, I pray over both of them that you will fulfill them with your power, Lord, your strength, that, Lord, as they walk this through together, that, Jesus Christ, they stay in step with you. The same prayer that we have here, they have in their own lives. That Holy Spirit, they don't want to be ahead. They don't want to be behind. They want to be right in step. And so, Father, there's so many emotions in moments like these. And so, Father, we just pray protection over their minds and over their hearts. Lord, I ask you to continue to strengthen them, continue to give them the strength to walk this through, not just as leaders, but as a couple. 
And so, Father, we just lift up their home to you and we pray protection over their home. We're thankful that you actually, Lord, planted them in St. Mary's. Lord, we know the, the journey it took to find a home. And so, Lord, to land them with there is such a blessing. And so, Father, we just thank you for that blessing. We pray for just a new level of anointing, a new level of capacity of leadership over their hearts and over their lives. Fill them afresh in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So it's exciting times as we continue to prepare for our new site in St. Mary's. And as we continue to grow here in Stratford and together, we will reach more people for Jesus Christ. So just as a reminder, as we go to close, if you're new to Bethel, you're new to the church and you haven't been to a pastor's meet and greet, we're about to start one of those right after this service in the gym, just through the lobby to your right. So if you've signed up for that, or even if you're here this morning, you're like, I didn't know it was happening. Come and meet us today. And we just want to connect with you after the service. Can we stand together? Let's take a moment and pray. Father, I thank you that you have put a passion, you've put a purpose, and Lord, you want to empower every one of us. And so, Father God, as we go this morning, as we walk from this place, as we drive from this place, wherever we go, Lord, if we go home, that, Lord, you give us a passion for our neighbors. Lord, if we go to the restaurant, you stir in us a passion to just speak to the servers, to speak to those that are working there, to encourage them that, Lord, they see something different in us. Lord, my prayer is that every one of us opens up our arms and open up our heart today and say, Holy Spirit, use me. Use me in a way that only you can. Give me the purpose. Let me see it. But Holy Spirit, more than anything, stir the passion to just step out for you. And so, Lord, we ask you to use us today and bless us. Continue to stretch us and help us to be a light for you. Lord, as we go, keep us safe. And Lord, let us be a light for you no matter where we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast that's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.